Hello and welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. We are two guys buying and building wonderful internet companies. Yes, we are. And we are, what, two weeks or three weeks into being the new owners of Scout for Pets? Uh, well, it took 14 days to get the bank account transferred. So we're like <laughs> you know, we're 20 days in. Okay, good. Something yeah, like and that. it feels... It feels like we're we feel it feels like we're in an appropriate spot. So yeah, a couple of weeks in, and we we've spoken to I think all of the the like the top what ten customers or so, and then you blasted out a an introduction yesterday. What was in that? Uh, yeah. So this is what we like to do. Normally, it's like you export everything and export like the top hundred customers from Stripe, and then send an email. This is nice. It's all set up in intercom, so you can just tag users. And I sent like a three line email saying, hey, we're the new owners. We're really excited to invest heavily in the product. We love what the founder has built. And take this three question survey. So my three questions are, what's the most annoying thing about Scout? Um, what feature or features would you like to see added? And then how likely are you to recommend Scout to your friends or colleagues? And it went out to um, its user. And I didn't have time to set up notifications quickly enough. And it was just I mean, it was flying through. So we probably got like 50 in an hour or something like really blew up our inboxes, but passionate user base for sure. Yeah, it's great. And I found this, the other weird thing is people had pretty serious complaints, but still rated the, like, would you refer us to a friend? Would you refer Scout to a friend? It was like, I saw maybe a couple lower than fives, but most were eight, nine, 10. They, they love the software. They love what it's done for them, but they're just, no, they're they're frustrated that there hasn't been updates to it and, and bugs are, are happening and it's affecting their ability to operate their business. It's hilarious. So it's like app barely works, all these complaints, super glitchy. I only get paid 50% of the time. It's not that extreme, but then it's like, and how likely are you to recommend it to a friend? 10 out of 10, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think it's also a testament to the space that, you know, and, and that's that's been an interesting to kind of learn. Everybody is kind of transitioned from something else that's far worse, right? There's a lot of, there's a couple other players in the space. Some of them are dated. I think that's like the biggest complaint and, and sure they have complaints about this software and they want to make things better and it can be frustrating, but they're, it's way better than the competition. It's way better than the alternative. So a good place to play and, and come into with fresh eyes. And so we're, we're jumping all over the feedback. I would say the vast majority of the feedback we kind of already knew from running support for a couple of weeks around the mobile apps being glitchy on Android. And, and we've already, we already are all over that. We've got a new version going out. We've, the, the seller had been working on this as well. He was not unaware of this. So picking up where he left off and, and getting a, a faster sort of build turnaround, I think it's going to be an easy way for us to kind of win, win some hearts and minds here with the new ownership and then continue rolling out improvements. I mean, there's, there's a lot that can be done and I think we've gone through and I put one of those feature quadrants together, which is like high value. There's probably a business school name for what are those things called? But I always think quadrant, of McKinsey. McKinsey is the one that always puts everything on quadrants, I think. Yeah, yeah. High value, high effort, low effort. You end up with a, a section of stuff that's what's the stuff that's high value, low effort. Let's do that first. We're going to do some of the high value, high effort stuff first, but that's because it it really is incredibly high value to our, our customers, but yeah, excited. Like we, there's a lot of room for improvement yesterday. Uh, I was, I've, I've had to do a lot more support. I've been very busy with this business as opposed to any other mm -hmm. business, just because there is no real interface for an admin or a support person to like 
do anything. You have to go into the database. You have to go into the code. You have to like manually do a lot of work. But with that, yesterday we found most of the push notifications, which people were complaining about. I'm not getting notifications. Well, some of them haven't been getting notifications for over a year, <laughs> right? Like the their push notification certificates were expired. So I started updating those. And so I, I think it'll, it, it's a great spot to be walking into because it, there's just a ton of low-hanging fruit where the, the seller just didn't have time for it. He didn't have time to, to deal with this stuff. And it's probably these little improvements. Will, and, and to be able to do them quickly, I think is the most important. We introduce ourselves and then the next week we're releasing the mobile app. And then the week after that, we're releasing it to general availability and pulling pulling the users onto our side and, and letting them know that we're, we're on their side and we have their backs. And then it, it's a good place to start. Uh, I think they're going to be, yeah, so excited. I think it's worth talking about like the transfer because everyone from the outside, maybe it looks like it's all up and to the right. So as soon as we bought the business, so the payment processing is on Braintree and then like analytics where we track is on ProfitWell. And so immediately upon transfer, it seemingly dropped 5%. Like we thought <laughs> it was like Monday morning, 20 customers churned, like the first Monday of owning the business. And it turned out those weren't real churn, but like to manually update expired credit cards, you had to do it yourself. Yeah. So that was not super fun, but it turned out not to be a real churn. It's just a lot of work for us. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was a little scary. I mean, that's the funny thing is when you do actually buy the company and, and see what's actually the bank bank account information, the, the we had access to everything. We, we looked at it and had did diligence, but there's now just sort of this, this new, I don't know. It's just a very difficult thing to see when you're like, we didn't even do anything like it, but that it had also been growing on its own. So I think uh, we ran our renewals, what, on Monday, Tuesday, and everything was back on track and back back to growing, actually. Right. Like we we just kind of had a blip in profit. Well, it is really hard to see in Braintree. It's just like you can search transactions, but unlike Stripe, where they show you a nice suite of reporting and you have an idea of customers and plans and, and the way it's set up, it's a little hard to kind of follow at face value, but it makes sense. It feels, I'll share one experience with a, a customer conversation, which I would say one regret, and I'm not a big regrets person, but I think one regret was not talking to more customers before the acquisition. Yeah. Not that it would have changed anything, but I think just knowing what we were going to get into, but again, one of the largest customers basically coming off a really rough week with our product, with Scout and basically saying, Hey, you guys got to fix this. I need to know what's going on. Cause like, we're going to switch. Like, if it wasn't so hard for me to switch, I would have done it already. But, she, you know, they basically said, you, you have till the, the end of the year because we're going to use the holidays to switch if you can't fix this stuff, which was kind of a shock. Like we knew it was it was bad. We didn't know it was that bad where it's like, oh, this this is like one of our largest accounts at risk already, yeah. um, which we should have caught in, in diligence. That being said, we've had just been really responsive. Like our resources in comparison to the seller was they're just way better suited towards serving these customers. So we've had two calls already. We've talked to their admins, like gotten all their Android users on on our beta Android app and hopefully just just showing progress. Because that's the thing I think I'm realizing is that the the switching cost is massive because you're running a business where you're you're you need that schedule up every single day. And so you can't have like a foot in one system and a foot in the other system. And so yeah, I, I think it's it's been a, a challenge and i think we're we're going to see it grow more than the any of the other businesses we have just because of the amount of ferocity with the the user base oh yeah and like we get people like neither of our other businesses 
would have our intercom filled with people that just like want to upgrade, want to do the branded app, want to do the branded website, like just cash opportunities that are they're begging us for, hey, when can I get started? And, and we've been slow because the app, we want to get the new app out first, or we're, we're still figuring out a process for onboarding people to get branded websites. Like we don't really know the best way to do that. We want to switch to Stripe. We have all this stuff that we're trying to like coordinate while we're fielding what 40 support requests a day. What it feels like is, is, is kind of hair on fire, but it, it's, it's huge opportunity. I think this is like, I'm really, really excited about it. I'm, I'm dug into the the tech and the tech is, is great, by the way, it's, it's out of date, but it's, it's really simple. It's easy to follow. It's easy to understand. So there's all this stuff that we can do. That's like, oh, that'll boom. We can make this faster and just bring modern best practices to it. And yeah, have, have a really happy customer base. I'm super pumped for this one. So yeah. Um, I've been doing some research on Constellation and how like they operate when they acquire companies. And so one of the big things and why I put the NPS score, not promoter score in the survey is like they really closely track the results of that and they pull yeah. their customer bases all the time. And if it ever heads in the wrong direction, they like quickly take corrective action. But for these vertical market software like acquisitions, a high NPS score with low market awareness is like the best thing ever. Because it means like you have a super sticky product, really happy customers, and it just needs sales and marketing. And so it's like the perfect setup to grow quickly and like relatively easily. So, I mean, that's exactly what this is. Like, this is what product market fit looks like. You know, like your intercoms blowing up. Your MPS score is amazing, even though like there's huge, like real significant issues, fixable yeah. issues, but, you know, at the time, real significant ones. So I, I, I was, I, I'm super excited about this company. Probably the most excited I've been for an acquisition. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's. And it's not in a like a glamorous place, right? Like the the market isn't where I thought. But in talking to these customers, you realize there, there's a significant amount of cash being generated on a weekly basis. I mean, some of the the companies have 40, 50, 60 walkers. Average price for per walk is what twenty five to thirty five dollars. They do some walkers do eighteen walks a day. I mean, do the math, and you'll see there's actually a lot of volume to be transacted here. And so. Actually, one of the calls that I was having was letting them know, hey, we're, we're going to switch over to Stripe. It's way better. You can do this you can do that. And making sure they have a competitive credit card processing fee is like one of the things that I was like, oh, yeah, we, we didn't really think about that. And thankfully, I think, A, we can negotiate that because of the, the amount of volume. But B, I think the other payment options and, and opening that up to customers to say, hey, you can take ACH, you can take. Yeah. These are all US-based customers for the most part. I think there's one Canadian, one Australian. So ACA could be a, another game changer where you're saving instead of roughly 3% per transaction, you're less than 1%. And just, again, all these like little things that now we're going to dust everything off and move things around. We get, get a lot of opportunity to please the customer and, and keep them around longer. Yeah. So I guess like the transition. So we have customer support people that we have on other companies and we just immediately move them over. So like they're answering it, I would say within a half hour, basically everyone that reaches out more often, like a few minutes. So like yeah. amazing customer service is one of the first big switches. Um, and then I started working on a Webflow site almost immediately when it was like kind of clear this acquisition was going to go down. So we made that switch as well. So WordPress to Webflow, it's faster pages, better design, better SEO, way easier to spin up for me, at least yeah, new landing oh, yeah. pages to test new messaging. And it looks awesome. So that was a really big win, I think, over there pretty quickly yeah. i think the support thing was that that was one thing that people were like i just don't get responses and mm -hmm. i think that was the case the seller was saying hey i i responded like the top 20 customers but if you're smaller i'm just i don't have time for you and which is true he didn't he didn't have time the other thing is our support guys know 
like they're trained on our process. So if things need to get escalated to tech, how they need to be escalated, how to write tickets, how to write bugs, how to prioritize bugs, how to message to customers like, hey, we're working on this and how to set expectations. So I would say like that's that has turned into our like superpower, especially for these phases where, you know, the I think we knew before we obviously knew the support volume was higher. But that Monday, our first Monday was, was rough because we had all these <laughs> payment cards that didn't work and there was no way for people to easily update their payments without literally me going to the database. I have to go to the database, enable their accounts. It was just, it was, it was hard. But I think from then on, it's been a, a really pleasant experience for the customers as well as our team kind of just testing our operating procedures for, okay, they don't know anything about this business. I, obviously, we started training them probably a month before got them access to an, like a paid account and they documented every feature and, but no real world access of like, okay, so this is how people actually use it versus just signing in and, and comprehending the, but yeah, that's, that's been the the lifesaver. I think for us, had we had to put that together and started hiring maybe around the closing, we we'd be, we'd be toast. Yeah. And then, so like, I guess going forward, so we kind of got a handle on things. Things are getting more smooth. I guess, what's your plan going forward here for, I guess, the product and tech side? Yeah, product and tech side, get the new mobile apps out. That was the the thing that we weren't. Uh, so you and I ran Avocado Audio that had a cross-platform mobile app. And it was a nightmare. Like, it's just painful to deal with to release. We wanted to make changes, bug fixes. It's super slow. So we built out a team. We have two mobile developers that are fixing bugs, pushing features. But the main thing is building that deployment pipeline. That's like the biggest thing too that we've invested in this last week we have in place. Pushing new versions out is easy. Building white label uh, versions, which is a big part of the, the the model here. Like being able to just do this at a click of a button. That is is number one. So I think by next week, collecting user feedback and getting this, this mobile app in everyone's hands. And so looking at by the end of this month, so it's the fourth, by the end of the month, like deprecating the old apps, making the new ones, the official apps. Um, reports is a big one I'm hearing from customers. It's like we have the data, we have the the data in the database. So reports, improving the, the customer experience, making the system faster. Our infrastructure is overloaded. It hasn't really been like looked at or really treated and, and, and measured. But, you know, we have a server that's powering a large part of the application. And is it's just it's got steam coming out of its ears. Um, so alleviating that, resizing the, uh, the infrastructure, but basically getting things to a point where it feels like, so a big part of what we do is appointments. It's dog walking. It's, so it should feel and look and act like Google Calendar, like be fast. I don't know if you've been on any larger accounts, but the, the load times are 30 to 60 seconds to, to load the application, which yeah. is insane. Like I'm surprised it it works and, and people wait, like they're fine. They're like, yeah, we look at that loading thing. It takes, takes a while. It only happens like once, but still it's, it's huge. And so fixing that, adding reporting, adding, giving people direct access to their data and getting the mobile apps in, in a much better spot. And then I think we, we can kind of take a breather. We're sprinting towards that. We'll take a breather, step back, see a couple of things that on the business side is like, then I think shifting our, our gears towards more sales of like these branded apps, branded websites, those are in high demand and will be easy for us to do. It's just while things are in limbo, I think that it's just hard to onboard somebody new and say, okay, we're going to give you this app, but we're going to replace it in, in a couple of weeks. So I think just starting to build a list of folks that will sign up for that and, and ready to get implemented in, in the next month. 
So I, I read through, there's tons of reviews out there. So on Captera, this is really highly reviewed. And like what is most important to people is kind of interesting. So it's simple, easy to use. I think the biggest thing is that it just like impresses their end customer. Yeah. Like I think they make significantly more money because they have Scout as an app. So I, I love this angle of like impress your customers, make more money. I think it's the easiest sale in the world. And so I, we're really doubling down on content, producing a lot of stuff, a lot of blog posts on like how to build a dog walking business and then how to grow it. Um, I think we could be the go-to for that. Uh, and I think it's a kind of a crazy way. Like a lot of these dog walkers can make six figures like as an individual which is yeah. wild. Me walk multiple dogs at like 20 plus dollars an hour. It adds up pretty quick. So I think it's just really cool. Like we're powering a lot of small businesses and like making them all better. Yeah. Um, or better yet, like the thing that I've noticed from a couple of sales calls that I've taken is I, they're somebody who has done dog walking. They just are hiring other people to do it. And they're using this product to enable that. Like, cause otherwise that's like a Google sheets, like trust. Yeah. We have all the, the safeguards built in where you have to be in the location. You got a GPS, you got to have a report card, you got to take pictures. So it actually allows any entrepreneur who knows of the demand and can connect demand to the service, like the platform to do that, which is, that's the coolest part to me. Yeah. And then this kind of plays into pricing. So the pricing is it's super low right now. And I was like thinking how it should be kind of going forward. So you could easily just match what competitors do. That's like a straightforward way to do it. But I kind of like the idea of keeping it relatively low for solo, for like the individual dog walker, making it just a no brainer. Like you start with Scout always. Yeah. And then we just have a tremendous amount of education on like how you grow and you get multiple dog walkers. And then I think you really make your money on these bigger, bigger dog walking operations. And so we and, more so raise those prices. And by the way, like in almost every single call with the, and again, I'm spending my time on these calls with the larger organizations usually, but every single one has said, hey, if we approach you guys with something that we wanted and we're happy to pay you for it, could you build it? And so that that's another first where we've entertained that with other companies, but this is a place where there's clear demand and they they have both sides of, of the market that makes sense like they're they're collecting the the funds they will see a bump in revenue and they want to fund a certain feature or development which i've never seen the amount of interest in that and maybe it's because the prior owner has been a little bit more delayed on making any changes that they think okay well, while we have you let's let's like take advantage of this but that's that's another sign that there's there's a lot of room to grow and i think to your point like the larger companies have a fair amount of budget, I think, to work with. Now, not to say they company's trying to be effective, but I think that there are things that they have in mind that they could charge a premium for. Di different pricing models, different scheduling models, ways that they could do subscriptions. They're all super viable. But you know, as it is right now, it's, it's impossible for them to to change how they run their business because of the software they're on. Yeah, I, I'm pumped for this. I don't know if you saw the Basecamp guys started doing a podcast where they kind of explain their thinking. So they've been playing around with pricing and they moved it to like, I think it was like $100 minimum. And mm. they were like, well, provides a bunch of value. Like it kind of makes sense, cuts back on customer service. But then they just rethought that. And they're like, we basically killed our low end for companies. Like it just, if you have a small team, it just makes sense to use Basecamp because it's too expensive relative to other solutions. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to end up in that situation. So I, I kind of want to customer service is will be brutal, I guess, for like a bunch of little dog walkers paying not a lot of money a month, but just as a pipeline to grow, I think it makes sense. And then you monetize when they are making a bunch of money. Yeah, I think the, the natural expansion, we're already seeing the benefits of that. And I'm wondering how much of this is 
you know, what I've noticed from all the conversations, everybody took a hit in COVID. And a lot of a, a lot of customers came to us during COVID because they're like, hey, things are slow. We hate our software. We want to get on something new, which explains a lot of like the the trends now that we're we're talking. It explains a lot of the trends that we were seeing where, hey, this this kind of went down during COVID, at least at the beginning, but then came roaring back and was, was a bigger business than it necessarily was, or at least has the opportunity to be the bigger business now. Um, yeah, it's, I think this is a good example of where you're going to see seed expansion just kind of happen naturally as, as time goes by, because if you have two walkers, I think in any geo, at least that I've seen so far, there's a demand for, okay, people are pushing people away saying, Hey, we don't have the time that you want or the slot you want or the location you want. So yeah, maybe, maybe tools for, you know, how to get, how to get more more delegation or more leverage from your your staff but yeah it's it's a cool mix the other thing that i found interesting is like the demands that or the requests that people have are so different even in these big companies they are based in larger cities for the most part but some are based in you know not i wouldn't say rural but like let's say daytona beach florida where the walkers are driving from location to location versus a company in new york they they want people to be able to walk from appointment to appointment no bikes no no train needed and so it's 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 funny to see kind of the differences but yet there there's a lot of similarity across them i'm pumped i don't know anything else you want to talk about for scout no no that's it just just heads down digging into code doing the stuff i i like the most and building a team i think that's the the challenge that i think we always have is is finding the right people thankfully we have some people from prior businesses that this has some similar pieces so on the infrastructure side it's been nice to be able to kind of already have a resource base built out to just tap people and say hey we've got something for you and they know how we work i know how they work and we trust them and they can move really fast cool so my one other update i guess i've been looking into constellation more and we're like modeling out a deal we're working on so how they do it is the first chicago method so they do a weighted four scenario approach to assess investments so another way to phrase this is M-E-C-E. So mutually exclusive, collectively exhausted, exhaustive yeah. scenario modeling. Me-C-E. Yeah. So I thought that was a McKinsey thing. Maybe it is, but I never knew how they actually did it. And so the, they basically model it out, assign probabilities to like best case, base case, worst case scenarios. And then they decide whether that meets the hurdle rate or not. And that's how they do investments. Yeah, that was always my, it was funny. Me-C-E was always the thing that we had to do with our, our tougher customers on estimates. They want all the estimates and project plans to be, and it was from ex McKinsey people that were beating me up about my development estimates not being clear enough. And like, I, we won't get into estimates, but yeah, that's it's an interesting statement, mutually exclusive, collectively exhaustive. It kind of means like you need to do all the work and be, I guess the exhaustive part of it, but, uh, you know, tie every single scenario into its own set and finish the job and be exhaustive. Anything that I feel like McKinsey just likes to have exhaustive in anything that they do. Yeah. We did all the work for you, right? We, we covered all the bases. But then right. it's all on you. Like, oh, what's the probability? And like, what is really the worst case scenario? Does it go to zero or is it like worst case is actually stays flat? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of flexibility in there. Yeah. I mean, uh, when they, they have these four scenarios, like, how 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 bad is i mean because any business could 
get cratered but it's always like the is it like a probability that they assign to it i don't i would love to see like a true analysis of a deal that they've done i haven't seen anything if you if anyone has anything out there please share it with me and i, I won't yeah. say your name or anything that'd be awesome to see but yeah for vertical market software it's like I don't know what the base case should be. I don't think it should really ever decline. Marina software or something. I don't think they're going to all of a sudden churn out and rip out their stuff. So realistically, the base should probably be around flat, but, or you factor in some like inflation price increases, that should probably be okay too. Yeah. We're going to have to find that Marina software one day because we keep talking about it. The other thing that's been kind of inspiration going back to, to Scout is learning about the competitors and wondering, I think it's enticing to think about like rolling all these up. I don't think it's a huge, a big enough space to probably merit that, but it seems like there are two other major competitors, maybe three. And even I've had conversations with folks that either have been on them or are now currently on them. And like, nobody's happy. Everyone's just taking what is the the least amount of pain for my business, but it's it's some amount of brain damage that you're incurring with any of these, these, these platforms. I wonder if that's just the case everywhere and you're just kind of never going to be super happy with any of them, but in, in these verticals, right? Like invoicing database backups those a little more broad maybe, but like when you have like literally an operating system for this type of, is there just, there is no like fully content customer. It's just some variation of unhappy. Yeah. It's a, always an interesting question. Like what is the best path to growth? Is it acquisition or if like the competitors aren't very good, you just eat their lunch and you just keep taking people away from them. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I, I know who they are. I'd love to meet with them and see if there's something you work out in the future. Cool. Very cool. I think that's all I got on my end. You got anything else you wanted to talk through? No, nothing really. Cool. Excited cool. to do this scout thing. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. I want to get back to it. All right. Take care everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>